0: Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's me, Jenny, your co-host, and I have a very special guest co-host with me today, my partner in crime in the content section of ISSA, John Bauer. How are you, John?
1: I am great. Thank you again for having me on. I'm excited for this one. Um, I'm always excited to talk to brand new people in the fitness industry, especially when they, be, when they come highly recommended by the normal host of this podcast, Dan Durant.
0: I know, I know. So I appreciate you stepping in for Dan. This is going to be a super fun episode. I feel like I'm already intimately connected with our guests just because of (laughs) the things that we say. It'll make sense as we start talking. You guys will get it. When you know, you'll know. Uh, But so first of all, this guy, his nickname is the Fitness Ninja. So uh, I love you already. First of all, we're going to talk about where that came from in a second here. But we have with us Mr.
2: Mark Zalonoff. Welcome, Mark Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Uh, We are definitely kindred spirits. Um, You know, if people could actually see this, they would already know. So now we just get to leave them in suspense for a little bit longer. (laughs) I know we're going to have to post pictures of this episode out there for them to
0: see it. because It all makes sense when we come down to it. But Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for taking
2: some time out of your busy day. Tell our listeners and us a little bit about how you got started in the fitness industry. Yeah, so... Uh, number one, I've been coaching for 20 years, which is nice. always odd to say that out loud. You look like you're 20. <laughs> I mean, I work out. So, you know, we, all know, we know what fitness does for us, right? Um, when I went to college, I went to the University of North Texas, and I really didn't have anything that I was like, super passionate about. I just wanted to go do something that would make me some money. I don't know. So I was going the chiropractic route. I was going to go be a chiropractor. It seemed like a good profession. I know they make decent money. I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. I got to organic chemistry. Ooh. And I don't know if you guys have ever taken organic Twice. chemistry. I don't want to talk about that PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> it. PTSD. It might as well have been Sanskrit. Like I had, yes. I had no idea what was going on. And I went for tutoring and I, like I legit, I, I really put forth an effort. And I just, I had zero idea. Like the concept of it just was above me. And, and it was at that point, I was like, well, uh, I guess I got to go do something else now. And I, so I changed my major, but I had all the science credits already. Like I had a ton of biology and, and I already had exercise phys and all that stuff. So I changed my major to kinesiology. And there's, there's really not a whole lot you can do with that either. You, know, like go, you go back to school, you go teach PE, which I had no interest in. Or you could be a trainer. And I had a buddy of mine at the time that was already training at Valley Total Fitness. So that totally dates me. Um, And so as soon as I graduated, I got a job at Valley and that that began my coaching career. Nice.
0: I feel you on the organic chemistry. I took it twice. I was like, I don't understand. Why are we looking at molecules in this way?
2: This makes no sense. And it was traumatizing. It was terrible. And what made it worse for me at UNT, I don't know if they still have it, but they had a program where you could finish your last two years of high school and do your first two years of college simultaneously. So I had 16 year old kids sitting in the front of my class, like, like they knew it, like them and the professor would just go back and forth, like having an in-depth conversation. Meanwhile, I'm in the back, like, I don't know what's going on. Right. Oh, and i that was I be the like, one in the back who's like, nerds. Yeah. Yeah. It was insult to injury for sure. <laughs> yeah. I feel you on that. No, that's awesome though. And how are you working with clients now? Uh, a couple of different ways. So I own a gym in Frisco, Texas. It's a boutique training gym. So I do small group and personal training. Uh, I also do online coaching, which I was doing pre-pandemic, uh, which definitely helped me out during the last couple of for years. Sure. And it actually spawned another company, which I help other fitness professionals grow and scale their business as well. Because when the pandemic hit, as you guys probably know, a lot of coaches had no idea what to do, just completely lost. And I had already had my systems in place. I already had a way that I was doing things, using software to be able to deliver that stuff. And we just saw a need, me and a buddy of mine, we saw a need in the marketplace and just started serving people. And, you know, that that led to another company that I now run as well. So I, I get to for me, it's a chance to give back to an industry that's been great to me that I'm very passionate about. Um, you know, one of my one of my marketing sticks over the last several years has been make America fit again. Like I, I got red hat and everything. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what what started as kind of a joke is really a passion of mine. I mean, I really do desire to make an impact in our country with fitness. And I can't do it by myself. You know, even if I had the biggest training business in the world, it still wouldn't put a dent in things. But if I can help other fitness coaches stay in business and learn this game, because most people don't leave the industry because they don't like coaching. They leave because they're not making any money. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. So if we can help them learn that business side of things and just be a little bit smarter with their marketing and be a little bit smarter with their approach and they stay in business, then they help more people and those people affect more people. And then we got the ripple effect that actually does make a difference. Awesome. Well, well, do tell. What is this company's name and where can we find it on the World Wide Web? So it's called FitPro Collective. Uh, FitProCollective.com is the website we actually had Dan come speak at a live event just a couple of weeks ago. And by the way, that guy's amazing. And, you know, I'm assuming the listeners of this show know that, but he, he's just an amazing human being and it doesn't take, but you know, two minutes being around him to just see that he lives with a passion And I'm drawn to people like that. Like, that's me too. Like, I got a smile on my face all the time. You know, Jenny, I can already tell that's probably how you live as well. Uh, So I I just love being around people like that. And he was incredible, you know, And, and he's got an insight that I think only longevity in the industry really provides. So we were super grateful to have him come to a live event. But like I said, we have that program. We have a Facebook group called Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. That is a free Facebook group for any anyone who's interested. We post content in there. We share a lot of inappropriate memes in there. Uh, but, you know, just again, try to provide as much value as we can for fellow fitness professionals and let them know they're not alone in this. Like this is, you know, it ain't the easiest industry. We're selling an intangible product. Mm-hmm. We're, we're basically getting somebody to invest in a hope and a dream and a vision. And that's it. And then, you know, like half the time it may work because it's not really on us. Like if, if we're doing our job, they still got to do their job, too. And, sure. and yeah, you know, we know clients aren't compliant and, and that's our duty to try to figure that gap out as well. But it's a tough industry to really be successful in. So, you know, again, I feel very blessed that I'm in a position where I can start giving back and and helping other coaches, you know, in their business journey along the fitness game.
1: Absolutely. Marga, That's awesome. Mark, I, I love that mission because um, I, I'm sure you guys uh, feel this way too. I've seen some great people leave the industry because they weren't making enough money. And the business side of it was where they were finding some difficulty. And it sounds like you're, you're helping a lot with, uh, with that side of the industry. Because uh, let's face it, the world needs more of us, right? The world yeah. needs more of us trainers out there uh, because uh, health and fitness are not getting better in the world, especially here in the States. It's actually getting worse. So the world definitely needs more of us now, speaking of business, I got to go back to something because we went over it really quickly. And uh, I need, I need more. We mentioned that you have this nickname, the fitness ninja, which is incredible marketing because I'm already like, I think I need to train with this guy. I just met him and I feel like I need to train with him. What is it that, that or why did the people start calling you the fitness ninja?
2: So, years ago, in, a, in another gym that I own, so I, I wear the typical trainer outfit, which is all black, right? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's what we were like I worked at Lifetime fitness years ago in the B- right after Bally, so you know that became the black outfit and and all trainers wear that. you know makes us look slim, whatever <laughs> um, so one day in this gym that I had, it was about six thousand square feet so it was a it was just a wide open space, and I'd yelled across the gym at somebody they were doing something i was I was yelling at them not in a mean way, I was yelling at' them though and about two seconds later, I was right next to them. Well, they still thought I was across the room and they turn around and I'm like right there. And I startle them like, ah, man, you're like a, you're like a little ninja. You're like a fitness ninja. Like just sneak it up on people. And I was like, Ooh, like as soon as they said it, I was, and I and to until this day, I don't remember who that was. I wish I did. Cause I'd give them credit for it, but I was like, huh. That's pretty good. And I think somebody else was nearby. They were like, yeah, he is like a little fitness ninja because I'm not a big dude. So if you're listening to this, like I'm like five, seven and three quarters. I weigh about a buck seventy five, buck eighty. You know, like I'm not I'm not a big human. Let's just face it. Uh, (laughs) But that that gives me the ability to be that and, and sneak up on people. And over the years, as I kind of just took that persona on, it became more than just the physical aspect of it you know, you stick around in this industry long enough and you learn things and you have techniques and you, you learn better ways to coach people that a newbie may not have that experience yet. Right. So you can definitely be a ninja in the way that you coach human beings with behavior change and exercise modification. And, you know, the other day, even somebody came in and he said, one of my clients was like, Hey, my ankles bother me. I was like, okay, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know. Like, It kind of hurts when I do this and that. And I said, hey, why don't you do the alphabet drill with your foot, which is an old physical therapist thing. I said, do that for the next seven days. Just sit down, do it once a day and, you know, foam roll your your foot and your calf and just let me know how you feel. I got a text from him like two hours later. He's like, dude, that alphabet thing's amazing. He goes, "I, I already did it. My ankle popped and it feels better. And, you know, so it's little things like that that still contribute to that, that namesake and uh, and so I do my best to live up to it as much as I can.
0: <laughs> nice sneaking up
2: on people all the time. I love it. <laughs> very cool. Well, it's very fitting. I love
0: it. Um, and I can see how you can do that. I used to be the person at Orange Theory on the mic, talking to somebody across the room, yeah. like on the mic, George. What are you doing? Over there? George, I can see you. Fix your feet. <laughs> and then yeah, next thing you know, you're right behind them, and they're like, Ah!
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: So great. That's awesome. So you're all about mindset. I love the Make America Fit Again. I love it. Might be divisive for some people, but it's hilarious. We're going to have to share this picture that he had when he first joined our call. (laughs) It's hysterical. Um, So it works. It works. And it's definitely memorable. Um, But in your experience, you talk a lot about mindset. I can tell that you have a really cool mindset about the way that you approach health, fitness, make it sustainable, make it enjoyable for people. um, And you're drawn to people who are like Dan Duran, like yourself, uh, who do the same. But when we talk about mindset, what does that mean to you? And why would it matter to a trainer or literally anyone?
2: So I subscribe to what's known as stoic philosophy. And I was introduced to it probably seven, eight years ago through Tim Ferriss. So if you don't know who Tim Ferriss is, you know, he's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world. That became my podcast journey of like, I've I've learned a lot just listening to that show of how to be a better podcast host myself. Sure. On a great conversation. So he would repeatedly have people on that would talk about this stoicism. I'm like, OK, well, what is that? Because usually when people think of stoic, they think of unemotional, you know, just like stone face, like, you know, no, no outward visible of anything. And that's not what stoicism is. Stoicism is controlling basically the two things that you actually have control of, which are your thoughts and your actions. That's the overriding principle of stoicism. So when you start looking at, it doesn't matter whether it's the fitness industry or, or, or anything else in life, like that's all you have control over. And I spent years being frustrated with my production in my business. You know, I was, I was that broke trainer at one point. I was the guy going, man, if I could just get a couple more clients, everything will be great. And then also at the same time, man, if I lose a couple more clients, I'm going to have to go get a job. You know, yeah. I was that guy for far longer than I care to be. And so when I started adopting that, that philosophy and that mindset of, wait a minute, no, I get to control the way that I think and I get to control my actions and I don't have to let the outside world influence that, it changed the game for me. Because it told me, you know what? Like, if I need more clients, I can be proactive and do things to go get that. And it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. And it doesn't matter what the weather is or who's president or what the gas price is. There are always people that need our help. Like, you know, there's enough people with disposable income, and even that's not even the case sometimes, like, there's enough people that it's important to them to have good health and fitness, and they're willing to invest in it, if you can show the value. So it it was really this, you know, to me, it, it felt like a very slow, methodical process of strengthening my mind, doing things that would test my mental strength, I got into OCR racing, that definitely helped push me outside of my comfort zone and start reaffirming to myself that I am capable of doing more. And then also just getting around better people. You know, for a long time, I was just around average coaches. It's not a knock on them as a person, but nobody that I was around was excelling at anything. Everybody's just kind of, you know, well, I guess I'll just do this. And, you know, if I could just make five grand a month, you know, five grand a month ain't a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but that's just not a lot of money nowadays. When you got a wife and kids and and responsibilities, like you got to make more money. And it's not about the money, but it's about the freedom that the money provides. Sure. So so again, just that constant finding ways to get uncomfortable, finding ways to be around better people, finding ways to be held accountable outside of myself, because when you run your own business, there's nobody... Holding you accountable to anything. It's awesome and terrifying all at the same time. (laughs) And and just continually doing that really allowed me to strengthen my mindset. And I I choose to live with joy. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand, that that is absolutely a choice. Like you can wake up and choose to be miserable, or you can wake up and choose to be happy and joyful. You get control of that. And you can read, I forget who the the guy was that was in, that lived through the concentration camps and survived, but he talked about, he would use visualization to basically remove himself mentally from the situation that he was in so he could physically survive it. And it allowed him to stay alive. He never gave up because he kept his mind strong. So you start looking at things like that. You're like, okay. That's like the most horrible thing most of us could ever think of. Sure. Surely the problem that I need four clients is fine. Like, I'll, it's totally fine. I'll figure it out. It's not that bad. Yeah. And, you know,
0: and that's, okay. that's the way I think about stuff as perspective. And I tell my youth athletes that, I tell my college athletes that, I'll tell anybody who listens, perspective, right? You woke up today, you were in a bed, first of all, indoors, probably with the AC on, right? You have clothes on today, right? Did you eat breakfast? Yeah. You had food today? Congratulations. Did you have some water too? Oh, perspective. Right, and I coach kids at a private Catholic school. I'm like, oh, big old dose of perspective for you guys. <laughs> Shut your face! Like, not saying your problems aren't
2: problems, but have a little perspective with what you're dealing with, right? Because it could always be worse. Yeah, you know, most of us have first world problems, and again, it doesn't mean that we don't have to deal with them and and figure out how to navigate yeah. that ourselves. But that perspective is huge because there's at any given time there's a few billion people that would gladly trade places with us in a heartbeat. It's that time, another ISSA rapid
0: review. Darren had this to say about our youth fitness training course. Another great course from ISSA. Definitely recommend this course, even if you don't have any kids. We love it. Thanks, Darren. 100%. So I know you talk about like core values and gratitude. That kind of plays into that that perspective. What does that mean to you? How can people who want to operate more with like core values and gratitude, how can we do that?
2: All of us operate with core values, whether we realize it or not. Sure. But defining them was a turning point for me over the last several years. So I have one of my great friends, Thomas Keenan. He's been an awesome friend, mentor of mine. Uh, he had a best selling book, and his book was all about core values. And he has an exercise in that book that walks you through how to figure out what those are. And, and the best way, you know, for the listeners, the best way I can describe it is go to Google. Type in core value list. You'll find a list of, you'll find a multitude of lists, and they usually have 100, 150 terms on them. And you go through that and just start circling all the things that resonate with you. You'll typically end up with 25 to 30 things at that point. Mm -hmm. Then you eliminate the similar ones because you'll you'll have a lot, like hard work will usually be on there, work ethic will be on there, things like that that are pretty close to each other. So you start eliminating those. That'll typically take you down to 10 to 15. And then you hone in on, okay, what is what are the most important things to me as a human being? So for me, it's integrity is number one, intention, empathy, which I think is huge in the fitness realm, understanding what everyone's going through something and we have to, if you want to be a good coach, you got to be willing to meet people where they are and understand you don't have to have gone through what they're going through, but you got to understand a little bit. And then my fourth core value is entertainment because I I love making people laugh and I love entertaining people. And and I make sure when people leave my gym that they got a smile on their face. I don't care if I just slaughtered them for the last hour. Like I want them to feel good because that's the feeling they'll remember when they get home later on in the day when they stand up and they're sore. They're like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. Like it was a good time, you know? (laughs) So those are my core values. And what that does for me is it becomes the filter for everything that I do. And I remember I read an article from John Berardi where he talked about early in his career, he just said yes to everything. And that's kind of typical. Like you're trying to figure out where your niche is, who you want to serve, what type of training you want to do. But as you get older, it's so important to be able to say no. Yeah. And the more often you say no, typically is the closer you get to doing all the things you really want to do. So I use those core values to determine my yeses and nos. So if an opportunity comes up, it could look great on paper. It could be lucrative money-wise. But if it doesn't align with my core values, at some point, I will not enjoy it anymore. And then I'll regret the decision that I made to commit to whatever that thing is. And so having defined those, that's my litmus test. Does it match up? Does it fill all those boxes? Because if it does, I know that I will enjoy the process. I know that when the hard work shows up, I'll be willing to do it. And I know that I'll be happy about it at the end of the day. So it's, it's a game changer. And I, I really, you know, anyone that's listening to this that hasn't gone through that exercise, I highly encourage you to do it. And I have a set in my gym as well that actually spells out an acronym, which is fun. So it spells work and that in, in our core values at the gym, are work, optimism, results, and knowledge. So, you know, it's a fancy little acronym. We made a cool little poster that hangs on the wall. It's awesome. <laughs> but, But so people that walk in the gym also know what we are about. Yeah, there's no like they know they're going to work hard, but they know we're going to have a smile on our face. And that brings in our ideal people, because if somebody's like, I mean, you know, we all complain in the gym, but there's there's a difference between the banter of coach and client and like somebody legit just complaining. Yeah, I don't have any of those people because everyone else is super optimistic and happy and smiling and joking around, even in the midst of a workout that the people that are like that, they won't last. Even if somehow they got through the filters and they got into the gym, they're not gonna last because they just don't, they don't fit the personality of the gym itself.
0: That's true. And I like the way you said that, like you, feel, you use this as a litmus test for anything that you're taking on. Cause you're right. You might be able to do something for a short period of time or oh, the money's really good, but long-term you're
2: gonna be absolutely miserable if it doesn't align with your core values. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, big time. I've been there. I made that mistake enough. Yeah. <laughs> same.
1: <laughs> you know, I love it that optimism was one of the core values of your gym because it's hard enough getting through workouts with uh without a bunch of people being pessimistic all, all around, yeah. including including yourself. So, optimism how how great is that? Uh, I wanted to circle back because I, I have a feeling me and you must have been listening to some of the same podcasts six seven years ago because I had my little stoicism phase too, and it was amazing in a couple of ways. One that these people were having such deep thoughts way back when; it's incredible that they could still have so much impact uh, now and. One of my big takeaways, and it helped me a lot, uh, and I, if I tried to quote it, I would butcher it, but uh, my main takeaway was that if there was something I was fearful of, that was actually pointing the direction of where I needed to go. Um, so basically, go, go toward the fear. So that, that actually shaped a mindset that I try to hold myself to uh, on, a, on a daily basis. Uh, was there anything in particular that you took away that maybe shaped your mindset and that you could share with our listeners?
2: So I have a tattoo on my forearm that says memento mori. And what memento mori means is remember your death. So this is kind of weird. And Dan will tell you, he, I'll let him tell the story, but I talk about death a lot. Like when I go speak, that's the main topic I speak about is death because we're all going to die. We all know that's the end of this thing. Nobody Nobody's survived that yet, right? <laughs> and not only that, but for the majority of human beings you won't you won't be remembered like think about that in the in the history of the world there's maybe 10 people maybe that are remembered by all of humanity i mean you're talking jesus caesar hitler gandhi maybe you know then the list gets a little muddled like there's just not a lot right yeah so i utilize that to live the way i want to live because if i know i'm going to die and nobody really cares why am i not pursuing any and everything that i want in this world that's that's it and so i know it's weird because i'm a super happy guy and i always have a smile on my face but i love talking about death and i think the more we you, you know you talk about John you talk about fear the more we remove that fear of death and just understand that hey that's what happens so let's make the most of today because you don't know when the end is. And that's part of it for me is like, Lord willing, I hope I live to be 120, like honestly. But if today was the last day, I wanna make sure that I made the most of today. So when I'm in the gym, I wanna have fun and I want people smiling. If I'm coaching people on a Zoom call, like I want them engaged. I wanna, feel, I wanna make them feel impacted. If somebody's listening to this podcast, I want it to be worth their time and effort that they sat here for 30 minutes or whatever and tuned in and got some value out of it. Because again, maybe I get to run my mouth a whole lot more or maybe this is the last time I've ever heard from, you know? So, but I utilize that as motivation every single day to live in that manner. And I don't always get it right. Like I got my days just like everybody else, but for the most part, that's how I live in having that mindset of I could die at any time like has really, has really brought joy to my life, which is, I know it's odd to hear. And and it's something that I just encourage people to kind of sit with that and think about it and embrace it. But it's made a huge difference in my life. I love that. That's such a unique
0: way of thinking about like that phrase that everybody says, you know, like we're all going to die at some point, you know, will I be remembered or, um, yeah, people think about stuff like that all the time. And And tomorrow's not guaranteed. Like all those trite phrases that people like to say, um, you're absolutely right though like that's a great way to think about it because you're right we are nobody's survived death yet. that, <laughs> that was a great way to state it but i actually so i'm glad to know mark i so i'm telling you i feel like we're intimately connected because i think about random stuff like that on a regular basis like not that i'm gonna hurt myself or kill myself because that's not the issue but we all are gonna die at some point and i always ask myself based on what i'm doing every day the people that i get to impact in some way will they remember me Right. If I, when I die, not if, when I die, who's going to remember me and what are they going to remember me for? And I hope it's something positive. Right. So do things that are positive. So that that's what you're leaving with them versus the negative thing, you know, hitting people in the grocery store with carts or cutting people off and building <laughs> people off in the car. Like, right. Do you want to be remembered that way? No. And even if it's just that passing interaction, I have a feeling you're one of those people that I can meet you in the grocery store and you could see me looking at the cereal aisle and you'd probably walk by and be like, yo, there's a lot of choices, huh? And then you just keep on walking. And I'd be like, that dude was cool. I like him. Like, I do yeah. that stuff all the time. Where I'm like, did you pick a good cracker over here? Which one did you pick? Oh, I'm going to try this too. Right. And then you just walk away and they're like, what just happened? But that was amazing. Right. So I love that. That's a great philosophy to live by because you're absolutely right. Nobody has survived death yet. I feel like that's my next t-shirt. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I like it. Yes. Expand your offering on your website. <laughs> I like it. Um, so... That goes a long way when we were, we've had some conversations recently about making up a coaching philosophy and like how you live your life. And it's not just about how we train people. It is absolutely about how we live our life and how we approach things. And I I can already tell that you're super playful and that's a super fun way to live, right? And you have a lot more fun than the average person doing the same work, right? It's all work. It's never easy. It's always work. and That's why I tell my athletes all the time. It's never going to be easy. Something might be simple, but easy is not a word that I like to use. It might be simple, but it's always going to be work. Um, If you can have fun doing the work, even better uh, for sure. Yup. So one of my favorite, let's get to the phrases though. So one of my favorite phrases in the way, and every single podcast is make good choices. And you guys can't see us. We're going to have to post a picture. I am wearing my make good choices shirt that John gave me for my birthday this year. Mark has his make good choices shirt. John, you are missing. (laughs) We need to get you a t-shirt. I know you got this for me. You need to get yourself one. So, um, what does, that, what does that perspective mean to you when you
2: say make good choices? We are the sum of all the best choices that we have made in life. And it sucks when you say that because you think back to all the crappy choices you made. But at the time, you thought it was the best decision to make. True, really weird, right? For some reason, something told you, hey, that's the best decision I can make right now. So hindsight always goes, ah, that was a really bad decision. <laughs> but. With age comes wisdom, I believe, or should anyway. And if we can just focus on our decision making and the choices that we make, especially all the little things day in and day out, and we just make those good choices, then it leads to a better quality of life. When we look at the health and fitness realm, when clients leave my gym, the last thing they hear is make good choices. I yell it out across the gym, they laugh and whatever, and they wave me off, but they know that. So now they go have lunch and they hear my voice in the back of their head make good choices. And in a lot of times it affects the things that they do. They're like, Hey, I was going to have some cake, but I didn't. Cause I heard your voice in the back of my head or yeah. Hey, I was going to eat all of my meal. And I heard you in the back of my head. So I only ate half the meal and took half home. Like you've told me to do before. Right. If people do that enough, enough days in a row, things get better. And it doesn't matter whatever it is, whether it's communication with their spouse, whether it's the income they desire, whether it's their health and fitness, like All those things matter, but they're all a result of the choices that we make. So if people can literally just make good choices, their life will get better. So again, just like you said, it's simple, right? Simple doesn't equate to easy, but in and of itself, it's a very simple thing, like just make a good choice. And I think if we just asked ourselves a little bit more each day, is this a good choice? Am I making a good choice right now with whatever it is that we're doing? If we just did that a little more often, like everyone would improve their quality of life, regardless mm-hmm. of who you are or what state of, of income or where you live. None of that really matters. Like everyone would improve their life. And I think too many people are just on autopilot where it's like, well, this is just the way we do things instead of It doesn't actually, have to be. Yeah, it doesn't. You can literally change at any given time just because I don't if you've been doing something the same way for 40 years and tomorrow you're like, nope, that's not the way I want to do it anymore. You can change it. And that's often where our fitness clients get to, you know, they find themselves in that spot of like, I am so deconditioned and out of shape and overweight because I've been doing this for so long. I have to make a different choice. And that's where we come into play. And if we're positioned appropriately, we get to serve those people and and truly help them make good choices and change their lives. Absolutely. And we always have a choice, right? There's people who's like, oh, I I didn't have a choice.
0: I was at a barbecue and I didn't have a choice. Oh, yeah, you did. You didn't have to eat, right? Like you you always have a choice. And I I tell that to my athletes too. Even if somebody had a literal gun to your head, you still have a choice as to what you do. What happens after that choice is another story, but you always have a choice. Um, And I feel like I need you to make me a t-shirt mark that says make better bad choices. Because that's also (laughs) one of my phrases. Nobody's going to make perfect choices. It's not about being perfect. There's nobody in this world who is perfect, but you can make better bad choices. Right? (laughs) <laughs> Gets you a
1: little closer to good. <laughs> Mark, I got a question. This this might be this might be a tough one. I'm trying to formulate it right now. Um, but uh, it's because you you strike me as someone where uh, you lead by example for sure. So it's not do as I say. Uh, I think people follow you because they want to do things how you do it because you have a um, uh, a fun and interesting approach, but also kind of a smart approach to. Uh, it sounds like not just not just fitness, but your but your everyday life. And it's, it's my belief that a lot of the best trainers uh, kind of share that trait where they, they live a life that a lot of their trainers want, or a lot of their clients want to emulate. Yeah. Uh, so, again, they're not just taking orders. They're actually emulating someone that inspires them. So my question then is, um, you know, what sort of tips or what sort of advice can we give to trainers to understand that, especially young trainers who think they need to tell people what to do?
2: Nobody cares about the thing. They care about the result. Mm -hmm. So when somebody comes and they're like, Hey, I need to lose 50 pounds. They don't care about your equipment. They don't care about the name of your program. They don't care about macros. They don't care about any of that. All they care about is, can you help me? And if we would just operate with a help first mentality and forget about like in all the years of coaching, I probably had three people ask what my qualifications were. Like nobody cares about my degree. Nobody cares about my certifications. Nobody cares about any of that. All they want to know is, can you help me? And do you care? If we just just go serve people, and again, simple, not easy, but it's simple, right? So, you know, to, to young coaches out there, like operate with a servant mindset and the world will come to you. I promise you that, you know, when we operate a, here's what I know and here's how much I know. And I'm going to, you know, if, if you try to break down an, an Olympic, you know, snatch to a, a new, new person to weightlifting, they, they don't care. Yeah. And they don't, they don't, they don't want to know it anyway. All they want to know is, is this going to help me lose body fat? And if you can answer yes, and they're like, okay, well, I'll do it. Then I guess whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all they care. They care about the result. So if we can speak to the result and not the modality and not the thing over time, you can educate your clients on certain things. But all all that little stuff that we learn, like keep keep that inside and go serve the person. I love that. That's I love when you great. say, well, I guess I'll do it. Right. <laughs> Have you seen the animated Tarzan movie?
0: I don't. Yeah, bits and pieces. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. That's like my favorite line. Rosie O'Donnell plays Turk, the little gorilla character. And her mom finds baby Tarzan. And she says, what are you going to name it? And her mom says, I think I'm going to name him Tarzan. And she goes, oh, okay, it's your baby. <laughs> so I say that all the time when people say stuff. I'm like, that's okay, it's your baby. <laughs> that's great. Oh my gosh. I'm full of, them. I'm full of them. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. That servant mindset is a great way to put it. Um, we have to go in knowing that if, th- if this is what's important to this person, that's what we need to focus on. Not all the little minutia
2: that will get them there. Cause they probably don't want to know that. Cause if they wanted to know it, most people would go out there and probably learn it themselves. Right. 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 Like yeah. I don't, I don't care how they change the oil in my truck. I just want it done. Right. <laughs> how much money, how much, how much dollars does it take? Yeah. Just, how much just is do it, it and how soon will I be out of here? Yeah. 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 Can you do it in 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's so cool. So Mark,
0: if our listeners want to connect with you, um, the Fit Pro Collective, we're going to put a link in the description for this
2: episode so they can go check that out. How else can our listeners reach you and, and touch base with what you're up to? So I have a podcast called Make Good Choices. Yes. I have a book on Amazon called Make Good Choices. Yes. Uh, you can go to my website, markzfitness.com. Uh, I think it's like, there's a shop section on there where I got merchandise. I got these make a choices shirts. I have another one. You'll love this one, Jenny. I have one that says success. So it's S U C C E S S success. Cause people in the gym go this sucks. I'm like success. Um, and then, you know, on Instagram, I'm the fitness ninja. On Facebook, I'm um, I'm me. Like there's only one of me, so I'm not I'm not super hard to find. Like I've had the same phone number for like 25 years, and it's out there everywhere. So if you find okay, it, yeah. text me. That'd be awesome. Just send me a random text. Be like, hey, I heard you on the show. It was awesome. That's
0: awesome. Oh yeah, I'm on your website. You have a decal. Nice. I'm getting that. I'm gonna put that on my car. That's <laughs> perfect. I support you. I will purchase your things. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, too, because you own a private studio, like a, a small boutique gym, that's a, so for some people that listen to this podcast, that's a goal of theirs. Um, do you, on your Instagram and things, do you share about your business and like any like thing, tips,
2: tricks, things like that for them? That's probably more in our, in our Facebook group, Real Talk with Real cool. Fit Pros. That's more the business side of things. Uh, my, my fitness ninja Instagram is more of like promoting me and what we do with training. Very cool.
0: Very cool. So there you guys heard it first. He's got lots of different resources for you. So everybody's looking for a mentor. Mark might be your mentor. So reach out, see what you can learn. That's awesome. Thank you so much
2: for joining us today, Mark. This has been super fun. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. Once again, thanks to Dan for inviting me. Thanks to you guys for being awesome hosts. Uh I'll I'll definitely have to get some of y'all on my podcast too, because this we've had way too much fun in this conversation. So
0: <laughs> yes.
2: going. Please reach out Dan and I, John and I would love to be on
0: your podcast. That'd be so much fun for real.
1: Wait till I get my shirt. I got to get my shirt. First. <laughs>
0: I'm going to get on the website right now and order it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, John, do you have any last words for our listeners today?
1: Yeah. Well, Mark, first of all, a pleasure to meet you. Um, uh, you, you brought a lot of great energy and a lot of great info to our listeners. A um, couple things. Um, none of us are going to escape death. Uh, and yep. That's always a great w- reminder. So uh, we might as well travel through life with optimism. Uh, and, then, and then lastly, you know, this is something that we've heard in our podcast before, but we have to mention it again. To be a great leader, oftentimes you have to be a servant. And I think that's a great mindset to, uh, to approach, especially in this industry where people are looking for our help. And in order to help the best, we got to be able to be there to, to actually help and be there to serve. So thank you. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I really appreciate everything you're talking about, about mindset, about your perspective, about the core values. That's a great, you gave us some really good, easy, actionable simple, not easy, um, actionable steps to figure out what your core values are. And guys, these are things that like, you have to have a cancellation policy, right? You have to have rules and and guidelines when you're working with clients. Why wouldn't you have rules and guidelines for how you go about operating in this world? Um, And that's what your core values really are. So that way he gave us some really simple, really easy steps to follow to create your list of core values, anywhere from four or five of them, so that you have that solid. And then write it down, right? Put it on the wall, make a poster like Mark did. Um, lots of different ways that you can remind yourself of those core values and make sure you're living by them, right? It seems so trite and so overused, but it's a thing. It's a thing. What we repeat to ourselves, we become. So repeat those things to yourself and you will become that if you aren't already, aren't already living in that way. So I love that. Thank you so much
2: for sharing those insights. Hey Amen. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. So much fun. So much fun. For all you listening, make good choices out there.
0: Absolutely. So you have to say it with me, okay? So I always tell our listeners, we love you. Go out there into the world. Be fruitful and say it with me, Mark. Make Make good good choices. choices. Yes. I love it. We'll be talking to you soon.